Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. I just listened to our last three episodes, which were so good. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love listening to. I'm like, okay, I like to binge listen. So I like let the week or week and a half go by and then I listen to them all. And no, you know, they're so good. And then when they're done, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm so upset that it's over. <laughs> and every time <laughs> we record, it did was this any good? I feel like we should just delete that one. And then after I'm like, oh, that was good. It's good stuff. The one about turning 40 was. I remember we had gone down to San Diego and we went out to dinner and we had a couple of drinks. And then we came back and turned on like the thing on at like 10 30 at night. And then I was like, I have no idea if that was ridiculous or <laughs> yeah. funny or useful in any capacity. And then I listened back to it and I loved it. It was good. And we had a lot of people say they liked it too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, you know what I was thinking is one thing we used to do, maybe we used to do this at the beginning was we used to say, who's talking like, Hey, this is Danny J your Jill. Um, because someone reached out to me and they're like, Oh, I listened to the episode with you and Danny Coleman. I was like, Oh, that wasn't me. That was Jill. Oh, so I was thinking about new listeners, maybe not know which whose voice is who. So maybe we have to get, maybe that's something top of mind to do again. But anyway, just think about that. Cause I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And then I was like, it wasn't me, but it's not even worth, <laughs> not even worth saying anything right now. But mm-hmm. I was like, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Jill. <laughs> this is Danny J. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about something. Jill made a post the other day. You want to share what that yeah. was about? So I posted and this one got a lot of traction, a lot of comments. It was basically a tweet and it just said, don't ever apologize for your physique. The second you start explaining why you look the way you do, you relinquish your power. And so I posted that, um, I mean, we can talk a lot of, a lot of different things, but I basically posted that because I think a lot of people that I know, like have, I don't want to say like, let themselves go, but they, especially around quarantine, the pandemic, like, hello, this is like the first pandemic we've been in. No one knows how to handle it. So a lot of people have been maybe eating more, drinking more, you know, just maybe not as active, especially with gyms closed and stuff. So I was thinking that, you know, a lot of people are apologizing that maybe they've gained weight or maybe they've gotten a little fluffier or maybe they've, you know, and like, and I have a lot of clients that are moms that are new moms and they always need to be like, well, I just had a baby. In fact, one woman even said that she felt like she always had to carry a baby with you, with her as like a like buffer, as like context. This is the way, why I look the way I have like this infant. Um, but I got, and we can talk about that, but I got a lot of comments from people who are really fit saying that they feel sometimes like they have to defend why they look so fit. Mm-hmm. Like some people will be like, you know, well, oh, like, I can't believe you're eating that. Or like, we'll just say stuff about and kind of almost subtly put them down or take cheap shots at how fit they are and maybe, you know, how lean or whatever. Um, so it went both ways and I wasn't expecting that, but I think there's a lot. And we kind of had this conversation off air about, just feeling, especially with people closest to you, family members, you know, close friends, maybe old friends who maybe are not on board with maybe the new thing that you're doing. And there can be a lot of comments from the peanut gallery, whether that's a parent or maybe an aunt or you know, family member. And how do you handle people who are making comments, put like food pushers, 
food peer pressure, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. So what do you think? Is there anyone who's, I'm wondering if there's anyone who's never had somebody comment on their body, like heavy, thin. I just feel like if you have a family, if you have a mom or aunt or grandma, somebody's got to say something. So I feel like at least for the most part, I think this is, it's going to affect at least 99% of people that it's happened at least once. And maybe, maybe not the thin part, maybe not the overweight part, but somewhere somebody's got to maybe putting on muscle, right. That always kind of happens, especially when you start putting on muscle, you have people in your life being like, well, you don't want to look like a man or you don't want to look too big, you know? So it, it goes, and it's just interesting to me. It's interesting from like a social, you know, experiment perspective and like why people feel the need to, comment on it. You know, I think it comes from like a good intention, but it oftentimes comes from like their own insecurities, doesn't it? So if you have a family member commenting that like, you're looking too lean, you're looking too muscular, you're looking, maybe you've gained a little, maybe you're feeling like quote filling out. I mean, I've had all of these comments from different people and different times in my life. Um, and it's just an odd feeling to feel on display in that way. And like someone gets to say that about you mm-hmm. when you might just be like loving your physique or you love the new direction you're going in. Maybe you're getting more fit. Maybe you're adding more muscle. Maybe you're getting leaner. Maybe you're just like, I don't give a shit. And I just accept my body the way it is. I don't need to justify anything. Like I have, yeah. I love my work and I love my family and I love what I do. And I don't really feel the need to like have to lose a bunch of weight. It can feel really triggering when you get comments out of nowhere and you don't know how to handle them. Yeah. And I, I understand the, the, the want to justify beforehand to like preempt, because I guess in your mind, you're thinking, okay, everyone's thinking this. So I'm just going to say it right. Kind of. And we've talked about this before, like ownership and the Eminem thing of just calling out yourself before anyone else does being in on the joke almost, you know, yeah, as like yeah. a, as a deflection to be like, I know you're thinking this and I, I don't think I don't also know it. You know, it's like almost like you want to feel in control of the narrative. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, not to go against your opinion, because I do agree, but I also can see another side side of maybe you're in more control if you bring it up first. That way you're the one who's controlling the narrative. I think though, in general, and I see where you're coming from on that tweet, is it it seems like it comes from a place of insecurity and justification versus just if you owned it, why do you even need to bring it up? But, you know, one, first off, like this is the side conversation is like, let's just stop saying shit to people about their bodies. Like, can we just leave that alone? Um, I don't know why adult, like adults, I put that in quote, but a, people who are older than us or family tend to do it the most and feel like they get to. Um, but, you know, I do, it does make me sad, especially if someone just had a baby and they feel like they have to justify. It's like, first off, most people know you've had a fucking baby. So, I don't think anyone's looking at you like, oh, dang, you know, your baby is two weeks old and you, you know, your boobs are huge and you don't look like you've lost all your weight. Like, I don't think anyone's thinking that any woman at least. And second, um, the other side, the fit side, so interesting. Cause I have, when I was competing, I felt like I would get that a lot too. Um, I would also get this, which really drove me crazy. If I decided to eat something quote, not healthy, like have a cookie or something. Oh my gosh, Danny's having a cookie. Woo. Look, I didn't know she ate that stuff. She's so healthy. And I felt like I had to justify why I could, I don't eat perfect all the time. And then I almost wanted to eat 
crappy things in front of them just to prove that I did, even though that made me feel bad and I didn't really want it. So uh, I don't even know if I have answers for this, just anecdotes and stories, but. Well, I think the insecurity piece is huge. So I remember like now, okay, so we've talked about this before, both, you know, you and I, when we lived in Venice would go to Gold's Gym Venice. And now I'm going to this place called Coast and it's very similar. Lots of bodybuilders, lots of like really fit people with like visible muscle getting up on stage, like weeks from competition. And when I was first coming out of my competition days and I was starting to just like eat normally and like eat moderately and really just focus on my myself and like, like body love and trying to get over my food obsession, I was really triggered by people who were dieting a lot. Mm -hmm. I would even say to not to their face, but I would say like behind their back, like, oh, that's so unhealthy or like, you know, just wait They're you know, they're going to, they're fucking themselves up. Like, I remember just saying that almost, and it's like embarrassing to admit, but I remember and now looking back, obviously it was my own. And now I could give a shit less. I'm like, good for them. I understand yeah. what it takes. Not what, not the, not the life I want, but also like, that's fucking amazing. Good for you. I think I felt the need back then to prevent or to like warn them or like just be, cause it made me feel in on it too. Like mm-hmm. the experience I had with food obsession and body obsession and rebounding wasn't for nothing. You know what I mean? It made me, it gave me purpose. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if I can like warn them or prevent them or, you know, I don't know, just like, it almost made me feel better about the fact that I wasn't doing that anymore. And so it just gave me a sense of power to be like, well, they're just, they're going to go down that train too. And I'm sure you probably did too, with like the metabolic damage stuff. Now, again, I totally believe that everyone needs to have their own experience of that and they will arrive. And you and I both know people who compete year after year and they're like, fine. (laughs) So it's not inevitable, but I think I can look back on that and go, it was definitely my issue. It was definitely from my being insecure about my own body. Yeah. You know, that's another place too, where I saw competitors do this, where maybe I'd see them at a show and they were off season. And maybe I was like in really good shape because I just competed dieting and they would say things. Yeah. They were like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm off season. And it's, you know, it was like, they were justifying their look like, Oh, I'm off season or I'm bulking this time around. And then I'm going to do a cut. And it was always this. And I was just like, okay, you know, I know that you're not about to compete. Did a part of you, did a part of you judge it though? Um, when people, I, I because I know for you, you didn't rebound. Like I super rebounded every time and it got a little bit better, but like you never rebounded. I was like the one who was like 20 pounds heavier a month later, embarrassed. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas you pretty much stayed super lean for the whole time. Did you ever think, wow, these people aren't disciplined? Cause I, you know, to me, that's how I felt about myself. I was like, how come I can't keep dieting? How come I keep rebounding? And there was a huge source of shame. Truthfully, so, yeah, truthfully, I did. Um, especially like there was a couple girls that they'd say comments like they weren't binging and they were gaining weight and they were probably in adrenal fatigue and probably weren't, but I didn't believe them. I was like, yeah, if you really weren't, you wouldn't have blown up like this, you know? <laughs> yep. So I was kind of an asshole until I, until I realized that they weren't lying <laughs> and that maybe it wasn't their fault, but I did, I did judge them a bit. And, you know, and I think, and I hate that about myself. I think part of it comes with the sport itself. The sport itself is about judging bodies, which is so many levels of fucked up when I step back and think of it. Right. But the sport itself. And I remember even thinking, 
that I could look objectively at these bo- at people's bodies and just pick them apart as like, oh, we just need to fix your shoulders here. It's almost like we get to just make a, a Mr. Potato Head and just <laughs> stick some shoulders here and like lift up some glutes here. And, and it was just a very bizarre way to look at a human physique. But I also thought it was so scientific. And so like, if you followed these nutrition principles, then you're going to get this result. So if you're getting this result, then apparently you're not following the principles you say you are, because otherwise you wouldn't look the way you do. So I felt like I was looking at it very scientifically and I thought people were just lying, but I missed a big piece of science, which is hormones (laughs) (laughs) that affect you a little bit more than calories in versus calories out. Yep. So if you have someone in your life who you feel like is making comments, it's funny, we actually do a whole module in the moderation 365 certification on this because it's so prevalent food pushers, peer pressure, comments about your food, comments about your body. And at the end of the day, I, I see where like to Danny's point where you would want to kind of preempt the assumptions or preempt the judgments by being in on the joke or being able to control the narrative ever like, but since then, I feel like we can take it one step further. I feel like the, the final step is just complete ownership and not preempting anything. So for example, let's just say you had a baby like a month ago and you are out at the store by yourself, no baby on your hip. So there's no like explanation for why you look the way you do. Like, why don't you just let that be right to me? This is a practice in ownership and it's a practice in like kind of just surrendering. And I know we always talk about, you know, not caring what people think. It's like, this is your practice ground. This is the time you get to let people have their assumptions, let people have their judgments and then release and detach from that. And that's really hard. But I also think there's so much power in that. So the the whole point of the post was to say that, the, if you want to control the narrative, show up confidently, show up with conviction, no matter what your physique looks like, that to me is the ultimate in control. You know, I've definitely, and I had this moment, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast, but, um, I worked with a mentor about nine years ago. And at the time I was just coming out of the physique, uh, competitor space. So I still really valued, like a lean physique. I mean, I remember just stupid stuff. Like I would even diet to speak at an event, <laughs> like not mm-hmm, even to mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't even die. I wasn't even dieting to, uh, you know, do a photo shoot or get on stage. It was dieting to be at a podium with a blazer on. Like, it's so stupid. But I remember thinking I needed to diet even just to be seen in public a certain way. And I had this mentor and she's in the fitness space. And when I first met her, I ended up hiring her, but when I first met her, like she was, you could tell she was fed, but she certainly wasn't like ripped. Like I was hoping that I was all the time and that I really like kind of respected, but she showed up in the room with like so much charisma, so much confidence, so much conviction, super smart and fucking just like owned it that so much so that everyone in the room, just like she commanded their attention. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen very lean, very fit people being the most insecure people, right? Being like so insecure, like having no conviction, zero confidence. We've all seen those people too. So that to me was the first, the moment I was like, oh shit, it literally has nothing to do with how you look. It is like, are you showing up? Are you fucking owning it? And are are you a commanding presence? Whatever that means for you. You know, I love that you brought this up, like the confidence piece. Um, One thing that used to really bother me and make me more insecure was someone who I looked at 
who I thought was fit, who I thought was in good shape. And they were apologizing for how they looked. They were like, oh, I'm just so blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, it's annoying. If she feels like she looks bad, then what does she think of me? And so I feel like it's also, I feel like it's also fucking rude because someone's always going to be maybe fatter than you or thinner than you, like whatever spectrum that you're being quote judged for. And so if you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, I've been, I've I'm judging, you know, I'm losing a lot of weight because I've been doing this and this versus, and you got a friend who's sitting in the corner who just lost a ton of weight because they went through some tragedy and they haven't been able to eat, or maybe they're really sick. Then maybe they're like in their head going, geez, well, it's not really that healthy for me. I don't know. It just, or someone who gained a lot of weight and there's someone else who's way fatter than you. And they're like, oh, well, you're apologizing and you're, you're like 140 pounds and I'm 240 pounds. Like, why are you apologizing? Also like high level. I'm just fucking bored of this conversation, to be honest. Like I'm yeah. at the point now where I'm just like, when someone is blatantly like fit or healthy and they're being, and they're apologizing for the physique, I just want to be like, shut the fuck up. I'm bored. Like, this is honestly <laughs> like no offense if you're that person, but this is so 10 years ago. This is so like 2010. I feel like if it is just like annoying to me. I have some people in my life who are really fit and they're constantly feeling insecure about their body and I cannot handle it. And maybe that's something I need to look at it myself, but I'm literally like, if you say that you're fat one more time, I'm going to fucking like, I'm going to kill you and then kill myself. No offense. I always hate like when we bring up that because I know, I know suicide is a real thing, but, um, but it's one of those things where I'm, I'm so over this conversation just in general, like from that perspective. Yeah. And I just want everyone, regardless of size to really understand their power in this world and show the fuck up like that. Like to me, that would be like the ultimate goal. I like that you're passionate and angry about it and bored with it because it's like, honestly, it does take away so much power. It's like, we are more than just what our body fucking looks like at this moment. So like, get over yourself and do something. Seriously, get the fuck over yourself. Like you're like, how is this helping anybody? Yeah. That was one of my biggest pieces. I mean, the biggest, um, gifts that came out of my adrenal fatigue, even though I hated it, it was awful. I felt mostly it was awful for my ego. You know, it was mostly awful sure. for my ego, but after I got over that, I started to have to think, what else am I good at? What am I good at? Besides just having a, a good body, totally. You know, what else am I good for? And so it actually is a gift for you to have something else besides just your body. Cause as we've done these aging episodes now, that shit's going to go. And like yep. I, right before this, Jill and I were talking about our moms and kind of mother-in-law and just illness and stuff. And like your body's at some point, like shit's going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to get injured. And we can't just always be about how we are on the outside. Yep. And I think, you know, and it's hard because when you're in it, it feels so important, but it was sort of a blessing that you went through that. It was a blessing that I went through kind of the shit that I went through because it did force me to diversify the ways Mm -hmm. I was feeling affirmed, you know, and the same thing fucking happened with my marriage, right? When my marriage went sideways, it was like, oh shit, I guess like my, my relationship can't be the way I derive affirmation either. Mm-hmm. You know, I've certainly gotten that plenty of times in business when launches flop or like something happens. I'm like, well, I guess I gotta like keep, gotta keep figuring out other ways. And I think, I think as humans, we, there's no getting away from wanting affirmation. I think to say that is stupid. I've seen people be like, well, if you want any sort of affirmation, like whatever, I'm just like, but that's how we are. Like we are, yeah. we live in a relational world. We live in a, in a, you know, there's naturally going to be judgments or like qualitatively, someone's going to be something more than you or less than you. It's like all relative. So I think saying 
not to look for affirmation is a little short-sighted. What I think instead is find a variety of ways to feel good enough. Don't just rely on, okay. Cause like, here's the thing at the end of the day, if someone does make a comment about your body, it shouldn't ruin your day. Like you should be able to be, I get comments all the time. People, you have to, you must work out and like, and stuff. And I'm always like, yeah, it's annoying. Cause I'm just like, yes, I have to have a conversation with the cashier at the grocery store all the time, but I'm always like, yeah, I am. And, oh, you do get, do you compete? And it's really sweet, you know, but I'm also just like, that's, that was my identity 10 years ago. That's not who that I don't mm-hmm. feel like that's the way I contribute in the world anymore. Like, I don't feel like my, mm-hmm. my body's the thing anymore. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is that was one of the things that I missed when I wasn't, um, fit. I, cause I used to get those comments all the time, like, Oh, you must work out. And I didn't even realize I missed it. Cause I was annoyed at the time. I'm like, yeah, okay. Obviously. But then when I stopped getting it, I was going, Enough oh, it? I must, I must be fat. I must not look <laughs> enough. I must because nobody's saying, do you work out all the time? So that was a weird, um, swap of a mind thing that I was like, oh, I'm not getting those comments anymore, but it's fine. It's all fine. And I don't go to people like, Hey, guess what? I work, I work out. Can you see my muscles? <laughs> but yeah, I, I like, really- I, I am like obviously partial to lift to lifting. Like that's obviously the way that I prefer if people ask me to, how should I exercise and be like lift weights. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's something really just in my mind, you know, all physiques are great, but there is sort of a really nice thing about having muscle on your body because it kind of tells people what your value system is like without even having to say a word, like it's kind of just like, you know, you don't need to be like shredded and lean about to get up on stage. But like when you have some like muscle on your body, you know, people kind of tell, okay, that's like, my value system is like, I take care of my body. I love to feel healthy. I want to feel strong. I want to, whatever, you know, obviously there's a lot of different reasons why people can't do that at times. Um, but I don't think you ever need to say anything regardless of your physique. Yep. Yep. I like it. Uh, one last thing, but do you have to say something when your eyelid is drooping from Botox? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You definitely have to explain that because no one's going to ask you about it to your face. They're just going to be like, did you see what I saw? What is that? What's going on there? Does she have, does everyone know that story? Uh, I don't know if you guys on my Instagram highlights, like it was literally Jill and I had an event, a live event um, brunch with my besties. It was our first live podcast in January, 2019. And I got Botox and, and I've been getting Botox for years from the same person too. She's never messed it up, but my girlfriend came over. She had this like weird, um, wand with, uh, not ultraviolet rays. What is it? Ultrasound. 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 Yeah. It was like this ultrasound one you put on your skin. It's supposed to tighten it. She kept telling me, try my wand. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And this was maybe second day after Botox. And I kept hitting my forehead and hearing this like buzz and everywhere else on my face, I heard nothing. And then I hit the forehead and, it's and I did that like four times. And I go, oh, I better stop doing that. Well, like two days later, cause Botox takes about five to seven days to kick in. My eyes started looking weird and I wasn't sure. So I started looking at old pictures of myself. I'm like, do what? And I took some selfies and then I sent it to my Botox lady. I go, do you think my eye looks weird? Do you think this from the Botox? She's like, no, I doubt it. And then I go on Instagram stories. I'm asking people and people are like, maybe it's a sty. Maybe it's, and I was like, it's not infected and it's not (laughs) swollen though. And then I remembered the buzzing thing. And then I hit my Botox girl back up. I was like, Hey, I use this. Do you think it could be from the Botox? She goes, Oh shit. Yes. (laughs) So long story short, um, it made my eyelid droop and Botox lasts about three months. And now we're supposed to go on stage and I've got this goofy ass eyeball, just like, 
So anyway, did an Instagram story on it and I got some eye drops that kind of helped. So it didn't look so bad when we did this event, but it was mildly embarrassing. And I definitely felt like I had to tell people ahead of time, like why I had a goofy droopy eye because yeah, because that was. I wanted you to just like say, fuck it, wear the patch. I know. I you know, know. I'll, you know, what's really interesting about this conversation. I, I, this is similar to this. So my brother, Dan, who you guys know, he's been on the podcast several times. He, um, when he was young, he was in, playing basketball and he got his, not like one of his top front teeth, but like the one right over from the, the middle two teeth on the top row. Uh, he got it like uh, something happened to it, like a chipped or whatever. Anyway, long story short, ended up like the tooth ended up dying. Um, so he had to get it pulled, but in order to get an implant in there, if you've ever had this, they have to let the gum settle for like three to six months till they can actually support, uh, an implant. So this is the tooth right over from the front, like right over from the middle. Right. And it was funny because he was just starting to date Kelsey. Now they're engaged seven years later, but they were just starting to date. And so they gave him a retainer to put the fake tooth in. Like, so it was a little bridge that had a fake tooth so he could put it in, but whenever he put it in, he kind of had like a little bit of a lisp and he couldn't really eat with it in. So by the end of it, he just was like, fuck it. And just like never wore the thing and just had this huge fucking gap. And he was like 20 at the time. He's like 20, 21 at the time. And I was just like, dude, that's how you own it. Don't even explain it. Yep. No yeah. tooth. You got something to say? Like, like just fucking, you don't have to be like, well, and then I tell that entire story every time. Yeah. Just own it. Right. Yeah. And let people think what they're going to think. It's totally fine. And I think this is a good practice, but I love that how he did that, you know, and I only felt the need to first um, explain to social media because I was asking for their help on what was wrong. And then when I found out, I was like, oh God, I feel stupid. Now I got to tell everybody what it is. <laughs> but when I was going out in public, I generally wouldn't say anything. I'm like, yeah, if these people don't know me. They're just like, whatever, whatever. She's, got a, she's got a weird eyeball, but yeah. It's- oh my God. It was so funny. Speaking of that, um, I had posted something on my story today. This is not really having to do with anything except the early days of you and I and dating, but I posted, I was like, oh, do you, would you guys be interested in seeing more like personal side of me? And it's funny because yeah. I had a couple of people message me and like, yeah, I always wonder what you're really like. And I'm like, I'm exactly how I am on my stories. But yeah. you know, as someone who's like super close to me, there is like probably some stuff that just doesn't go on Instagram because not for any other reason, except it's private and only like 10 people see that side of me. Um, and so someone was like, I really miss when you would bully Danny J into going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we I got to like, see a lot more of you during those days, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Snapchat, dude. I remember just waking up being like, what did I put? Like we, Danny and I would just go out. We went out all the time. We were dating constantly. We were, it was wild, but it was funny. Cause I, I know you also have a story highlight of that. Do you guys yes. go to Danny's? It's under bullying and it's hilarious. <laughs> I would literally just Irish guilt her into going out like every single night. She'd be so tired, like on the brink of like metabolic damage. I'd be like, you're going out. (laughs) Trolling. It should just be called Jill's trolling. Yeah. You know, maybe we just need to hang out more so people can see the trolling side of you. So we can have, we can have organized fun times. We have random fun times anymore. (laughs) We never have random. We never have random fun times. All right. Well, love you guys. Um, Let us know what you think of this and, um, you know, do you feel the need to preempt, uh, or is it with certain people only, you know, maybe it is, I don't know, but we'd love to see you in the group. I've seen some more people joining the Facebook group at the bestlifepodcast.com. Uh, if you join, make sure you introduce yourself. We'd love to see who you are, where you are and what you're all about. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you. All right. uh, Make sure you guys make sure you subscribe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely subscribe. And we'll see you on the next episode. Okay. Bye.